Okay, we're live. And how you doing, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the John Riley Project. You know, it's political season, and we're just so pleased to have so many different guests that have come here into the podcast studio just to have a nice long-form conversation. And today, um, my guest is Delta Esparza, a candidate for Poway Mayor. How are you, Delta? I'm feeling great today. It's okay. Sunday. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, we're, I mean, it's we're getting into the, yeah. the heat of the whole political mm-hmm. season, and and you're here, and you know, thanks for coming. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay, great. So let me just uh, you know comment here to the listeners and viewers here on the live stream. You can all participate in this. It's you know we're high speed, we're interactive. It's a, it's a live stream. So if you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, you can ask questions um, for Delta or myself, or maybe you have some comments you want to share. You can type them into the, the comments or chat section on either YouTube or Facebook. We'll see those questions here and, um, you know, we'll, we'll entertain those questions and you can participate. But we're going to spend you know, a good deal of time here just getting to know Delta and getting to know a little bit more about you. So again, thanks. Thank you. So um, you're running for mayor. And, I mean, you're stepping up to the plate. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so w- why are you running for mayor? What is driving you to be a candidate? So um, never in a million years have I thought that I was going to be in this position that I'm at right now. But I moved to Poway uh, in 2019 uh, I bought. I was finally able to buy my forever home nice. uh, in Poway, uh, so I'm planning on aging in place. And um, so, yeah. So I I really enjoy Poway. I love the community, the tight knit community. Um, I love the farmers market. I love the ability to be able to hike uh, Mount Whitson and Iron Mountain. I really like it and. So when I moved here, I started to see things just popping up all of a sudden. Like just, I was like surprised with all the development that was going on on Poway Road. And um, one of the things that really hit home was um, the Poway fumble. Uh, I lived in like about less than a mile from Poway for 13 years. And that's one of the places that I would uh, visit is Poway Bull to go Bowling, my partner and I, we both like bowling. Mm-hmm. So we would be there often. And so just losing Poway, it's just a sense of loss uh, triggered me to to run for for mayor. And and then just, again, just the development and then just, um, just hearing people not – just hearing folks uh, uh, be vocal about their concerns and the city not addressing – their concerns and they and, and it's just that sense of feeling of we're not being heard we're losing power we're losing the charm we're losing the city and the country um and and this is not the vision that we have for this town and that's why i decided to run i mean that's incredible really i mean you know we we got together it was a few days ago mm-hmm. had some coffee at king's coffee mm-hmm. down there by the north county was it north county soccer park um at espola and twin peaks and we had a wonderful discussion yeah what I think you're doing is very brave. Um, you're, you, you, you recognize that there were, out, there were challenges in our, in our city and you said, I'm going to do something about it. I mean, how, what, what are you hearing from voters or what are the comments and questions, their concerns? What are they telling you when you're out campaigning? Um, the number one thing or the top two is that folks feel that they're not being heard by city council. Uh, They have a lot of concerns. 
Um, and we've seen that at city council. We, we've seen the McGee Orchard folks go to city council and have these concerns about the layout of the community that's going to be built there, how the road is going to be uh, laid out. Are, you know, is it going to be a cul-de-sac or is it going to be a road like going all the way out to Twin Peaks? Um, and then how many units are going into that cul-de-sac? And then um, the Larchmont project as well. Uh, there's about 10 homes that are going into that area and, it, and it's impacting the, the hillsides there um, and the biodiversity and the natural habitat. And so there's that. There's also just with what's going on on Poway Road, it, it just feels very unplanned. It feels like there's no vision. And because of that, we're starting to see impacts to traffic, uh, impacts to the residential neighborhoods. Um, there's the overflow from Poway Road that's now causing um, the, the nearby residential neighborhoods to become thoroughfares. And this is not something that folks foresaw in the future that their residential neighborhood where their kids play and hang out and um, that it, it was going to be a thoroughfare for cars. Mm -hmm. So um, also another thing just recently, and it's just a lot of stuff that I don't think about because I'm not in that position. We all have different journeys in our lives and we're all going on different paths. Um, one person that I spoke to just recently told me, like, what are we doing for kids that have special needs? He's like, because I have a kid, I have a child that has special needs. Like, what are we doing for that? Like, what services are available um, for my child? Um, another recent concern that a resident had was um, the horse owners. Our trails are being, we feel like we're being shut out of the community. And this was supposed to be like the city in the country. And now the horse trails are uh, being impacted. There's not that many horse trails available now to ride your horse. And they're, they also, there's a sense that they're getting like shoved out, that their concerns are not a priority. And it's just stuff like that. I am not a horse owner. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't think about that. But you know what? I've been living just pretty much down the street since uh, 2006. And I do remember driving down Twin Peaks and remember like seeing folks on their hor horses on Twin Peaks. And I was like thinking, when was the last time I saw that? When was the last time I saw somebody riding their horse on Twin Peaks? And and I can't remember how long that's been. It's been a long right. time. I, I mean, I can't remember the last time that I've seen yeah. horses on some, I mean, it always looked a little bit odd, you know, three or four years ago uh -huh. when you'd see it occasionally. You're right. I don't think I've, I can recall seeing horses on some, you know, near the main, major thoroughfares. I mean, for a lot of different reasons. But, yeah, yeah, traffic is up. There's a lot more going on. Mm -hmm. um, you touched on a number of topics there. And I, I love, hope we can maybe do a little bit of a deeper dive. You talked about the McGee Project. Mm -hmm. And that's the one kind of near Twin Peaks mm -hmm. and Midland. Yes. Right. And then you talked about what was the other one was the uh, Larchmont. And wh where is that? Division. Uh, it's right off of Pomerado. It's north of Twin Peaks and Pomerado. And actually, if you head north on Pomerado and if you look to your right, you could see the orange outline fencing um, right from Pomerado Road. If you just look to the right, heading okay. north. So it's up along see, the edge of yeah, Twin Peaks. Yeah. And you could just, they're already like um, putting the boundaries of like where that subdivision is going to go. And it it's pretty high up the hill. Right. <laughs> it's very visible from Pomerado. Um, and it's pretty big. 
it's uh, and and just from the little bit that I've seen on Pomerado, uh, off of Pomerado, it's it's a pretty vast area. Um, I've been meaning to go and drive into the neighborhood. I just haven't gone around to doing that. But yeah, I mean, there there really are. There's, I mean, you, you talk about those two projects. Mm-hmm. Of course, everything on Poway Road. There's the farm in Poway up yeah. on Espola. Um, and there's a number of other projects that are either getting started or mm-hmm. um, are on their way to getting started. Um, let's, let's first talk about Poway Road because yeah. that's the one I think that gets most people hot and bothered. I mean, there's been so much change on Poway Road. Kind of walk us through your thoughts on the development there, the things you like, the things you don't like, maybe some of the things that if you could go back in the time machine, you'd do differently, and maybe some of the things that you would do differently starting, assuming that you are successful in your campaign, what you'd like to do moving forward. Uh, so I feel um, that there are several examples right now that we could look at as far as towns that are investing in their communities in revitalizing their neighborhoods. And some of those examples is uh, Escondido. They have grand. Uh, that town has spent a significant, significant amount of money um, investing on grand. Uh, the things that they're doing is that they're expanding their sidewalks. Um, they are adding lights uh, down grand, um, The uh, like those backyard um lights. The string lights. Yeah, the string lights. Yeah. Um, and they're also going to be adding a roundabout. And that is something that I'm really curious about. I personally like roundabouts. Um, so I'm like, wow, putting a roundabout on Grand, like that's that's uh, that's pretty risky, but um, they're going to do it. And they did an assessment and they thought that this is the best path forward is to add a roundabout and it helps with street calming measures. Um, they're also downsized on the number of lanes. Um, They had to do that because they had to expand the sidewalks. Uh, But they really thought, like, what does the community need? What do they want? Uh, How can we build a a main street that will be welcoming to the residents, Um, a place that they could call home and that is cozy and uh, a place where they can hang out with their family and their friends? Um, So... I feel like that's a great example is Escondido. Like we could take, you know, look at, see what they're doing, see how we can incorporate those ideas on Poway Road. Another town that is also revitalizing their neighborhood is on Vista, their their main street. And per my understanding, they're looking at about $30 million that they're looking at investing. Now, the question is, what can we do with Poway Road? Well, one of the things that we could do is start looking at all those empty businesses that are sitting there. Like, for example, Rite Aid. That, that I'm aware of has been sitting vacant for at least five years. Um, per my understanding, is that's privately owned, um, and we might have to be looking at zoning um, to figure out a way forward with, with those some of these um, empty retail shops. But what I'm thinking is that we did not get um, the outpost. That that uh, we didn't get it. So, but maybe we can do something similar with what we currently have. Maybe we can convert Riot Aid into a food hall. Um, my understanding is that Riot Aid is between eleven to fifteen thousand square feet for a food hall. It could be between five thousand to twenty thousand. And so, Riot Aid, from a square footage perspective, it's just like right on, probably in the sweet spot for a food hall. 
Um, and then that venue can also be used to to do um, like uh, open mic night. Um, we could also add some arcades because that's another thing that I've been hearing from um, the folks around um, Poway is that there's nothing to do for the kids at a certain age, like the teenagers are like looking for something to do. Poway Bowl's gone. Um, the arcades are gone. Um, what else is there to do to like go and hang out with your friends at that age? And I'm like, maybe this food hall can also accommodate that, um, com- you know, create a space also for for the youth to come and hang out and, you know, with their friends and enjoy some time and maybe some music and with open mic night. I mean, there's just so many possibilities and just so many things that we can do now. You know, you you raise a lot of things there because you're right. I mean, Escondido, Grand Avenue. Yeah. That's a wonderful, you know, stretch there with some really nice restaurants and shops and it's a great place to hang out. My my wife and I, when we go meet my mom, she's like in a, an independent living place in Escondido. We enjoy taking her there. And it just kind of has a cool vibe, right, mm-hmm, that my mm-hmm. mom really enjoys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're right. Carlsbad also just a, a beautiful mm-hmm, city. Mm-hmm. And, and these cities have a plan. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, Poway has a city plan as well. Um, I've heard it hasn't been updated in a very long time. And I think... That's one of the concerns that a lot of people have is that things are happening so fast mm-hmm. with so many changes. Yes, yes. Um, so how would you approach city planning? I mean, what would be the steps you would take to try to build a paradigm or a, a system to allow this to happen? Um, I want to go back to our documents, to our city planning documents. And one of those being the mother of them all is the general plan. Mm-hmm. Um, the the year that is on that document right now, um, as far as the, the high level document, the general plan is like I think 1991. Um, that's the time that the year that's on that document. That's a long time to me. That's just like completely outdated document. Um, things have changed since the 90s. Uh, music has changed. Architecture has changed. Um, Clothing. I mean, it's just like so many changes. Yeah, like hairstyles are. have changed. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. And I'm just thinking. Uh, you know, right now I just went through. A, I'm going through. I bought a fixer upper, and uh, it needs a lot of work. And I just went through a, a kitchen remodel, and it's like even kitchens, you know, from the '90s are like outdated. Like a lot of folks are like trying to remodel their kitchens that were built like in the '90s. Because it's just like the kitchen that we had back then doesn't function now for what we need to now, like what we need needs for the family now, (laughs) especially with COVID and working from home and all Mm -hmm, this stuff. mm -hmm. It's like we need to readjust. And to me, the general plan needs to be updated to reflect how we're living today in these times, what our needs are as of today. Um, So that's one of them. From there, that main document branches out to like several other documents, Um, one being the housing um, element uh, document, which uh, tells us um, the how, how we're going to implement housing. Um, At a more detailed level, we have the Poway Road specific plan that that looks at a specific area and talks about how are we going to go about developing this specific area? Um, what are the aesthetics? What are what what do we need? Um, uh, how do we want the buildings to look like? How many stories? You know, what about the parking? What? So we just need to go back and update our documents, but we need to do it with community input. 
And so what I'm proposing is um, after looking at what other cities are doing, like Carlsbad and Escondido, they have um, planning commissions. And I know that we have one on paper um, on the Poway uh, website that the uh, planning commission is also the job of city council. But to me, I feel like those jobs should be independent. Um, We need another group, another independent group uh, from a community perspective, um, talking to those points, like what do we need from a community perspective? Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do is also open up the doors to get community feedback that would then flow into our documentation and then provide the vision that we have as a community for Poway, which I feel right now is lacking. I feel like we're going through an identity crisis right now. I I think that's a fair point because uh, Poway is often referred to itself as the city in the country. Yeah. But you look around and it's not. And and even before all of this development, I think that could have been challenged because there's so much suburban lifestyle mm-hmm. here. So if if you could um, share what I know. I, just, I, I had a I, question I, in my mind and I can't remember <laughs> what it was. Um, so but I think you touched on some of it. The food hall idea is interesting, oh, but it's tricky because. That's private property. Mm-hmm. That's a private business. And here's the city government. I mean, what could you do to encourage that kind of uh, tenant to take that facility, like the Rite Aid building? What are the things they could do that would be kind of within bounds for the for a local government? Um, I think it's like having conversations with uh the folks that own these retail places and having a conversation with them like, hey, like this is this is what we need. Uh, is it possible in any way that you can accommodate? And um, as far as food halls, like there is this one person in National City that saw this space that was vacant and saw a need. And I just feel like and, and so he, he opened up a food hall. It's really small. Mm-hmm. Um and and the the community like was so happy and so excited and it's become a communal space where people hang out where they meet where they talk um and and it's like we don't have that here in Poway uh and and I'm like I just feel that if there's a will there's a way mm. I really really believe that well, you know I think when when the outpost project was originally sketched out yeah. and there was supposed to be a food hall there Right. And, and the urge, you know, kind of a local brewery yeah. was going to move in. Mm-hmm. And people were generally very excited about that plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and on paper, it sounded great. So I think you're right. I think there is a need for that kind of thing for a food hall. But, you know, that outpost project really went south. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing kind of blew up. Yeah. I mean, what's your take on the outpost project and the things that maybe city, the city hall can do to get that back on track? Well, um, so uh, that the the outpost got approved, the developer submitted a proposal first time. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time, I believe it was like fifty three units, and it was mixed use, and we had a crunch fitness. We had a twenty thousand square foot food hall, which was supposed to be, I think, at that point in time, like it was supposed to be like one of the top three biggest food halls, like in San Diego County, like based on square footage. Yeah. Uh, and we had all these high hopes and high expectations, um, but then they ran into some issues. And then um, the developer went back in uh, December of 2021 and 
with some adjustments. Uh, they downsized the retail space. Um, they started adding more uh, residential units. Um, and it got approved again. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are now, like almost a year later. And it's it's a bankrupt development just sitting there. Who knows when this is going to get addressed? Um, who knows what the outcome is of that development just sitting there? Nothing. Um, rusting rebar, um, the concrete like falling apart. Um, that wood structure is going to probably tumble down any second. And I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Like, I agree. It's really bad. Yeah, it's baking um, in the sun. <laughs> and then baking in the sun. And then now with the rain right. coming up. I I just feel like it's just going to implode. It's just going to topple any second. Um, So, again, it's just I feel in retrospect is that I think from a city perspective, we should have done also our due diligence, Um, doing an environmental impact report or asking for certain reports to be done, which we didn't do based on what I've seen at the council meetings. Um, We kind of left it uh, that that onus was put on the developer for them to do their own reports, um, and then we just took it at face value. So I think lesson learned for us is that we need to do our own diligence, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we need to do our also our own legwork, so that way we don't fall into the same situation that we that we have now with the outpost. Yeah, you know, the, I often will comment that uh, Pete Neal, who was a frequent guest on the yeah. podcast, he predicted that when yeah. they dug yeah. two stories down, they were going to hit wa- mm-hmm. um, hit water. I think Chris Olps did as well, mm-hmm. predicting it because it's right by the creek bed. Yeah. Um, now, again, I don't know, you know, how much of an environmental impact study they did or if they did one at all. I'm not sure, but it seemed like that was a big that was a big miss, you know. Um, so. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think the 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 community is hungry. You know, pardon that term. They're hungry for food courts, for new options, places to enjoy mm-hmm. in our city. And yeah, you know, we all had high hopes for that outpost. Um, you know, it may still be resurrected, but it's it's in that unknown state, so it's really difficult. Yeah, and again, it's just like I really, I mean, it, okay, so maybe not Rite Aid, but what about Steinmark? I think Steinmark could also mm. um, be another opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, it's something that needs to be looked at. But what about if we just repurpose those buildings and then just do a rooftop um, courtyard mm-hmm. uh, where we could have like bands play, not like, not like, um, <laughs> uh, like bands, like full blown bands, but at least like acoustic music, yeah. something a little bit more yeah. uh, sensible for that space and in that neighborhood. Uh, just a place for people to to come together and just hang out and have some drinks, you know, hang out with their family. I really like the hot, the hop stop. So something like that, you know, mm-hmm. like that environment That's where a people great place. can congregate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we need more of those, those places. Well, I think you like to your point earlier, the, the Poway bowling alley is gone Yeah, and that served that purpose to a degree. Uh, and, and you know, it's promised that this Poway road development is going to have uh, mixed use, commercial, residential. I'm not sure if we really know exactly what those commercial businesses are going to be. Are they going to be a place to hang out, mm-hmm. uh, coffee shops, you know, um, adult beverages, or is it going to be, you know, dry cleaners? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know yet, right? Uh, so I think we're going to learn a lot more as this thing unfolds. 
But I think you're tapping into some really interesting things. I mean, you're, what you're telling me is consistent with what I've been hearing in the community as well. So yeah. if, you, if you don't mind, I just want to address the audience. Just so, you know, we have live stream viewers that are watching right now. And, and everyone, if you're watching on the live stream, thank you very much. Um, you can participate in the live stream. If you have questions or comments, you have a question for Delta Esparza, maybe you have some comments about our community here in the city of Poway, just type them in um, on Facebook or on YouTube, and we'll see them here on our screen, and we'll uh, we'll field the questions. You know, we'll give you a chance to participate in this community forum. Um, let's... Um, Let's let's shift gears a little bit, if if you don't mind. I mean, I, you, you told me a little bit about the fixer upper that you're you, you're doing here in Poway. I mean, walk me through that, like how you came to Poway. Um, what what were the the qualities in our city that attracted you, and you know why you're really kind of getting planting your roots in our community? Yeah, so I've been in this area since 2005. I. I work on the other side of the 15 highway uh, in Rancho Bernardo at the uh, business campus there. Um, actually, it's like I'm pretty much down the street from the Sony building. Okay. So that's that's where I work in that area. Uh, and I moved to Rancho Bernardo um, in 2005 uh, on the corner of Paseo Lucido and um, Camino del Norte right across from CVS. So I've lived there for 13 years. And so I'm very familiar with Poway. I, I, like I was saying earlier, I went to Poway Bowl. I did a lot of hiking, farmer's market, um, the Poway summer concerts. Uh, and then again, finally in 2019, I was able to have enough money to, to buy a place in Poway. Um, I bought a fixer-upper. Um, it was pretty bad. Uh, so when I got to my um, appointment with my, with my retailer, my um real estate person. Um, I was waiting outside waiting for her. And um, there were some folks that walked up to the house and just literally like pirouetted and like just turned around. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not interested. <laughs> like, no. But um, but I walked into the house and yeah, it was rough. It was pretty rough. But I'm like, this is the one like this is going to be my ugly duck duckling and I'm going to turn it into a nice swan. So this is where I'm going to put down my roots. This is where I'm going to invest. And, and this is going to be my forever home. And um, I got, I was looking for a small place because I also, I want to age in place. <laughs> so um, yeah. And that's how I ended up here. I mean, to me, this is great because you lived on the periphery of Poway yeah. for quite a while. So you knew about our city. Um, and and you liked it here and, yeah. and you liked it so much that you wanted to move. And the minute you move in, you've got this big project yeah. on your hands, right? You've got to remodel mm -hmm. a kitchen. I mean, yeah. you were telling me when we met for coffee, there was like exposed, Post. like electrical. For I mean, it was just, time. it was a big project. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that really consumed you for mm -hmm. like about a year or so. It's still consuming me. Yes. <laughs> it still is. <laughs> yeah. I just went through a bathroom remodel actually like finished I finished at the end of August so I was going through a remodel um, and, and then I got COVID and then um, and then I was trying to run for public office like all at the same time so I just had a lot going on when in August <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I yeah. mean because you know and plus you have your career and, and then that yeah. oh yeah and then that <laughs> so we have some questions if you mind if we could take some of yeah. these is that all right yes. okay so um, this is one uh, this is this is from another candidate and uh, it's from Hiram Soto. 
And he says, can you describe the moment you realized that you need to run for city council? Yes, I <laughs> I remember um, the night um, I was talking to uh, Mariana. We were discussing some things and um, two weeks before the, there was the announcement for Lar- Larchmont, the Larchmont subdivision. And then um, that night I was talking to Mariana. It was August, August, I think August 9th. Uh, and I was just, we were talking, we we're like, oh my gosh, there's like the McGee project now coming up. And oh my gosh, like another development, like, you know, when is this going to end? When is this going to stop? Like, it's just, it just feels like it's every two weeks or every month we're like hearing about this new development. Um and we're not talking about infrastructure. We're not talking about parking. We're not talking about the impact to schools. We're not talking like the domino effect of all this development coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's that's where I just kind of something happened <laughs> to me. <laughs> and I was like, I I cannot take this anymore. Like, I cannot take four more years of this. And, and Mariana and I were just talking. We we're like, well, who else is running? And at that point in time, um, it was the current mayor and... And another person, and and so that's when I made my decision. Like I, nobody else is, uh, no other candidate that I would vote for um, is stepping up. So I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to run, and wow. I know I'm coming in late, and I know I'm coming in with no, no team with nothing. I'm like literally starting from ground zero, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna make this work. To me, that this is was so amazing um, when you were sharing this with me a few days ago. Is yeah, you you get here, you're you know you're buried in your house, fixing yeah. everything up, and then when you look around, you're yeah. like, wait a minute, this isn't the community yeah. that I really want to you know put my roots in. This isn't what I signed up for, right? And and rather than blame others, rather than complain, you said, oh, I'll fix it. I mean, that's incredible, <laughs> yeah. and. Um, and going up against, um, you know, an incumbent mayor who's running for reelection now for his third term. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that takes a lot of guts to do what you're doing. Um, and there is a great sense of sort of what I'll say is there's an anti-incumbent fervor in parts of Poway. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to consider you, you know, because of that. Mm-hmm. Good on you. I mean, that's great. Okay, so there's got a few more questions here and comments. Um, And and this is from from Mariana, uh, who you were just talking about. She said, they didn't do an EIR for the outpost, even though many of us voiced strong opinions about it. Okay, so apparently that wasn't done. Um, Mariana goes on to say, we had a wonderful plan for rejuvenating Poway many years ago in 2003. Many of us were excited to get to participate in this plan. Then the plan just disappeared. You mentioned at the candidate forum that you were interested in having town halls. I'm excited yeah. about the idea. It was very community building. Mm-hmm. So can you mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your vision with town halls? Yeah, I, I want to open the doors to the community. I want to create a space where fe- people feel comfortable to voice their opinions and their concerns. Um, uh, the city council chambers can be intimidating for oh, a lot yeah, of folks. For sure. It kind of feels like a gladiator arena <laughs> and you're just waiting for a bear or a lion to just pop out of nowhere. Um, and the reason why I say that is because the seats are like high up. 
you're like surrounded in like a semicircle, and then you're like right in the middle on this podium looking up. Um, you got cameras on you. You got people looking at you, and、mm. it just it could feel like uncomfortable for a lot of folks.、Um, And so I want to create spaces for folks to to feel comfortable to have conversations、um, with me and with the council. And one of those is、um, the town halls.、Um, also, I was looking at what other mayors are doing. And、um, the mayor of Escondido, he goes out and、um, he goes out to the community, goes to like coffee houses or restaurants, and and has like these intimate gatherings with the community with like fifteen to twenty people, and it's just you know a chat with the mayor.、Um, that's something that I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Like that, I would like to do that,、um, and it's just another space for people to voice their. Concerns, and I just want to ensure that the communication lines between the community and the council are as wide as we can, like open them.、Um, I, I want that two-way com- communication to 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 be there for for the community and for city council. Like, I, I don't want folks to be surprised, like why things are happening or not have a clue about what's going on.、Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be as transparent with what we're doing as possible, and. And one of those、um, avenues is the town halls, and also、um, possible chats with the community at, in a more intimate、um, setting. Yeah, I mean that, that makes a lot of sense.、Yeah. Um, because you're right, going to city hall is intimidating. Yeah, yeah. And and besides the the, the they're up on a die. Yeah. The the lights, the cameras. You're at a podium, and then、yeah. in the minute you start talking, the the ticker <laughs>、oh, starts going,、too. and、that、it's too, like you're、yeah. on a game show.、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get it done in three minutes、yeah. or less.、Um, But、uh, that's interesting. You're comparing it to like a, like the Roman Colosseum. Yeah, it kind of felt a little <laughs> bit like that. <laughs> well, there was one on your、um, uh, on your website. You talked a little bit about、um, city council with needs to listen, respect, and address the concerns of the community. Yeah,、um, some of the comments that are made、uh, kind of feels like you're being. Talked down to, or that your concern is of no importance.、Um, I spoke to one person that is now having to deal with the outcome of Poway Road,、uh, with the increase in traffic on Poway Road, and his street now becoming a thoroughfare. And he told me that he went to city council and asked for speed bumps, and they told him that it's like not needed.、Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "What? Like he's like, can you come to my street and see how fast the cars are like going up and down my street?"、Uh, he's like, "We need like speed bumps. We need something to calm down the traffic、mm-hmm. because where he lives, right across the street or catty corner from where he lives, there's like a lot of apartments and there's like kids there. And he's just worried that one day he's gonna come out and you know to a unfortunate situation、um, there in his neighborhood. So." Yeah, and I, and then just, yeah, I. It's, it's, it's true. I mean, because even in, my, in the neighborhood where I live, I live off a of Stone Canyon,、mm-hmm. and people go fast on that yeah. street. Yeah, and our neighbors here have been,、um, you know, expressing concern, and they went to the city hall, and you know, Barry Leonard is our. Well, I've been District Three, but. Most of Green Valley's in District Two, and Barry Leonard、um, is the councilman, and they went and spoke to him. And to his credit, he came out and、um, he got the traffic people involved. And、mm-hmm. the 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 citizens wanted speed bumps. The citizens wanted more stop signs.、Mm-hmm. 
but for some reason, the city couldn't do that. Um, I don't know the details, but what they ended up doing is restriping it to make the lanes narrower, mm-hmm. to give a sense that mm-hmm. you have to slow down. And that worked yeah. to a degree. But, you know, when the city is growing so rapidly and we're going to have a lot more people moving in along Poway Road mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more traffic, more mm-hmm. concerns. So that's a legit point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We take a few more questions. Yes. Yeah, and, and I've got a whole bunch of other things to discuss. So, um, again, if you're watching on the live stream, feel free to to chime in. Um, um, Anna Quint asks, "When did you move to Poway?" But I think you already answered, yeah. that, right? Um, twenty twenty nineteen, February twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I lived down the street, less than a mile away, for thirteen years. Okay, and then um, Anna has another question for you, and she asks, um, "Who inspires you?" Um, my parents. My parents have been very inspirational. Um, They came to this country with nothing, and they built their lives here, and um, just hitting roadblock after roadblock and just overcoming obstacles and ensuring that their family had the, the, the education that we got and just, you know, being there um, and just being real, um, real rock to, to the family. Like, yeah. That's cool. So, um, well, you know, as long as you're, you're talking about your family, mm-hmm. let's, if you could, let's kind of roll the clock back and tell us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, you know, maybe where you went to school, a little bit about your career, you know, leading up to the early days of your life before mm-hmm. you came to Poway. Um, so I'm originally from Southern California, uh, South LA. And, um, daughter of immigrants and uh, they taught me the importance of perseverance hard work and compassion and those are characteristics that have helped me throughout my life Uh, I grew up in a rough neighborhood so I learned how to have thick skin and just how to have things just roll off me (laughs) (laughs) and just move on just carry on yeah um and uh, so I ended up going to university uh, at San Francisco State. Uh, my initial major was international relations. And um, I was going to, well, I took uh, Japanese um, as part of my curriculum as my, my third language. Uh, I got up to the fifth grade level. But while I was in the Bay Area, I got distracted with all the technology that was coming out of that area during the dot-com boom. And um, a lot of my friends at the time started changing their transitioning over to computer science um, and saying, hey, this is what, this is where the money's at. Like, this is where yeah. the future is at. This is mm-hmm. where blah, 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 blah. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm in the wrong <laughs> career path. Like I need to move over to computer science. So um, I ended up changing my major to computer science. Um, the upside was, is that I had some programming experience in high school. I, I did these um, video games, but I never thought that that would be my future career. I just thought like who would pay me to, to do these video games? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like who would do that? But um, yeah, so uh, I was in the Bay Area, um, but because of the, co- because of the cost of living, uh, I had to uh, move back closer to my parents and um, the cost of living there in, in the Bay Area, as much as I loved it, it was just really hard. I, at one point, I was working three jobs. Um, at one point, I was living in a two-bedroom apartment with, with one bathroom with um, four other uh, classmates or wow. um, college mates. Uh-huh. And then another time, I moved to uh, another part of San Francisco. 
And there I was living in a dining room um, and I was sharing a one bedroom apartment with um, two other people. And I was living in the dining room, one other person in the living room, the other person in the bedroom. So, um, yeah, it was a bit rough. And then having to go to school and having to go, it was just like, it was a lot. Yeah. So um, I ended up moving back to Southern California. I graduated from uh, Cal State Long Beach um, with my degree in computer science. And then uh, I ended up getting a job um, in the defense industry. uh, And I've been there since. Um, I currently work for a local defense company. And uh, they told me that they'd pay for my graduate degree. So um, now I have a master's in uh, systems engineering as well. Right on. This is a real success story. I mean, daughter of immigrants, and now you you not only have a bachelor's, you have a master's degree, you got a great career in the defense industry, mm-hmm. um, bought your first home, setting up your roots here in Poway. I mean, that's terrific. Your parents must be really proud of you. It's actually my second home. Oh, it is? <laughs> Pardon me. Excuse me. Okay, your second home. Okay. Uh, yeah, I still have my, my first home, but... Yeah. Okay, good for you. That's awesome. Um, okay, so... Uh, let me, I got a, I got a bunch more questions. Uh-huh. Are you doing okay on yeah, time? Yeah. Okay. And we got a pretty good audience here on the live stream and you know, we will, re- this will be available. The recorded version will be on YouTube and Facebook and, and the audio version will be on Apple podcasts, Google Stitcher, all those platforms. Um, but you know, you're talking a little bit about you know, your, your computer science mm-hmm. and technical and, and you know, it's kind of the left brain, right brain mm-hmm. thing. So let's flip to the other side and talk about art. And, yeah. and you touched a little bit on it about music and things, mm-hmm. but um, in your, on the website, on your website, you talk a little bit about the Poway Performing Arts Center. Yes. Um, so give me your thoughts on that facility and maybe the vision you have for it. Um, I love the PCPA. Um, I, there was this one time where, uh, I had dental surgery, um, and I still wanted to go see this event at the PCPA. And I told my partner, I like, I don't care. I know my face is swollen and I look like this, but I still want to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we went and I had a blast. So, um, the PCPA has been very important to me. I, I'm a big fan of the arts. Um, that's an area where I struggle, um, my my brain's not wired in that way, so I that's why I appreciate it so much. Uh, and I'm a big, huge fan of the symphony. And I used to go to downtown um, San Diego to to attend um, events. Uh, and so now I'm just so happy that we have something close to home. The PCPA, uh, they have um, the symphony has like events there, and it's just lovely, and I, I love it. So. I, and they also ha- they also opened up the space for for art for art exhibits as well, um, and I think uh, just recently, um, Powers on stage has been like I feel like they've done a pretty good job so far, like curating the the shows and bringing in like more diverse shows and just stuff that we would be interested in. Um, so we got the symphony, we got the community events, we got um, Poway on stage, we a lot, and then plus. Um, PUSD, like there's just a lot going on mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> in that space. Um, so it's, it's, it's a treasure to have that here and so close in our community. It is. It's a, it's a beautiful facility and it is special to have yeah. it in Poway. But it's a tricky thing, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, was it co-owned, right? By the mm-hmm. school district mm-hmm. in the city. It's, you have a private company, Poway on stage mm-hmm. that kind of runs it. But my understanding is is that the building has is sorely in need mm-hmm. of maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, the The operation runs at a deficit 
So the city has to mm-hmm. pony up. Mm-hmm. I know I've I've heard seven hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, yeah. two hundred thousand. I'm not sure what the number is. Uh, I think right now, like in the latest budget, it's like around five hundred thousand. Okay, which is uh, actually a bit below than what we're spending on Lake Poway. Okay, right as of today, <laughs> according to the budget. <laughs> But Lake Poway, yeah. so that's an interesting comparison because Lake Poway is not self-sufficient either then, right? No. It's not paid for by the people that pay to, to park their car or the no, fishing it's, licenses. It's, yeah. It's a city expense. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's for the community. And I believe that we should have amenities for the community because that's what makes it a community here. Right. Um, it's for us. It's for our, our improving our quality of life. So I... I believe the same thing with the PCPA, that it helps with our quality of life. It brings in another another part of that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it is, it's weird because like, you know, the, the school district's involved and mm-hmm. they've got their own financial challenges mm-hmm. as well. Um, so the future, I mean, is do, do you see, is the Poway Performing Arts Center something that maybe the city should own exclusively or do you like the shared um, the shared ownership or should it be privatized? I mean, how do you see that going? Well, I would like to give the PCPA some time um, as far as shared ownership. And the reason why I say that is because uh, right now they were in the process of doing like uh, an analysis, a report of like what should be the path forward for the PCPA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, they're, they're going through that right now and they, they just released a report um, looking at endowments, uh, how can we raise money to keep it afloat? But um, I just recently, I, the uh, PUSD just came in with some additional funding and with additional support. Um, and they're looking at having more events, which would help with the overall funding to some extent, not 100%. Yeah. But, but they're, what I'm saying is like right now, they know that they ha- there's like an issue and some concern about how to fund it. But right now they're heading in a direction on trying to figure that out. And I think right now they're heading in the right direction. Um, and I think we probably just need to give it some little more time uh, to iron out any wrinkles mm-hmm. um, and see if going forward, we could still have the same type of uh, shared ownership. Yeah. I think it's a fair point because historically it was always kind of out there and there was yeah. a deficit and yeah. no one really paid attention yeah. to it. But you're right. Now community yeah. organized, like Janet Latang. Yes. Have you met her? She's yeah. wonderful. Oh, yes. I, she's and, amazing. And so she's really involved in trying to help move mm-hmm. this along because she's a big supporter of the arts. So, uh, yeah. So it's good that it's being addressed. And to your point, let's see where it takes us, yeah. right? I think we just need to give it a little couple more years and yeah. see. <laughs> okay. Because they're trying. They're, they're trying to, like, figure things out, sort things out. Janet Latang has been such a huge champion of this effort and also um, Jana Johnson as well. Um, so we have some folks that are, like, heavily involved in trying to ensure that we, we are able to keep this amazing treasure for Poway. That's awesome. Um, and I'm on board. Okay. <laughs> I think you've made that clear. Okay. So um, we got some more questions here. Um, and, you know, again, if you're watching on the live stream, feel free to, you know, just type in your questions or comments. We'll read them on the air. And um, Anna, to her credit, thank you, Anna. You've got another really good question. Um, and it says, uh, what's your thoughts about Poway not having a climate action plan? This has come up with yeah, all several. of my podcast <laughs> guests. So what are your thoughts on this topic? Um, 
I am for having a climate action plan. I think it makes sense for the community. It makes sense financially. Uh, it makes sense from a uh, from a health perspective for us. Um, and then just as a community of, as as a community as a whole. And when I talk about a health perspective, it's like I again I grew up in South LA. Uh, I know what it means to live in a city where we have smog. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't know that we were surrounded by a mountain range because I never saw it because of smog. Um, wow, that's true. And, and I, I was doing some research about the smog um, and how it came about. And it's actually, LA has been, Los Angeles has been dealing with this issue since like the 1940s. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it was so bad during that time. It was so bad that the visibility, you couldn't see more than 10 feet. It was so bad that people were like crying because of the, the smog. It was so, it, it was just like so much smog that they couldn't even open their eyes and they were tearing up. And it got so bad that at some point they even had gas mask um, because they couldn't breathe very well. Uh, and, and thank goodness for the government stepping in and um, uh, signing off policies that helped clean, clean the air. And one of them was um, Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, he signed a policy for it was one of the Clean Air Acts. Um, another person that helped with the smog issue is um, uh, Richard Nixon. He was the one that signed off on the on the EPA. Right. So mm-hmm. um, we do have some government officials that are concerned and have done stuff, have signed off on policies that do help the community. And now now I can most of the time see the mountain range in L.A. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not waking up in the morning to this haze, this gray, dirty haze in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, the air's gotten a lot better. It's a lot cleaner. Um, I, I also have family um, during that time um, when I was growing up that had asthma problems. Um, and now as adults, they still have asthma because because of how bad the smog was. Um Back when I was growing up, um, I got the tail end of it. When I when I was growing up, it's like it it started to become a bit more cleaner, like the air. Yeah. So I didn't. I don't have any asthma problems. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. You know, so my, it's. I was gonna say, my <laughs> wife grew up in the Inland Empire, uh-huh. and they would sometimes have um, days where it was so smoggy that they they sent the children yeah. home. You know, it's like a snow day. Uh-huh. You know, in. in, in uh, you know, in, in, that they have in New England, they would instead have smog days and the kids wouldn't go to school. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of efforts, but let's, let's bring it back to Poway. Yeah. I mean, so what are some of the things that you think Poway should do in a climate action plan? Um, what are some initiatives that, that make sense for our yeah. city? So um, we need to look at solar. Um, we need to look at how to reduce um, carbon, our carbon footprint. Uh, we, I go around town just you don't even you don't even need to go that far to start seeing um, the shopping centers start uh, installing um, charging stations for for EV vehicles. Uh, so it's like people are moving in that direction. We for some reason are just want to be stuck in time. I don't know, <laughs> but we need to look at installing solar panels, like how to reuse our water. Um, I know John Mullen. I think in the past said that it wasn't very cost effective, but maybe we need to look at that because times change, technology changes. Um, 
Another thing that I'm concerned about is extreme heat. Uh, this year we had, I think, about over 11 days of extreme heat weather. And we need to start thinking about, like, how is that impacting our community? There's a lot of folks in our community that don't have AC. Um, a lot of senior citizens that are probably being impacted or or we do have AC, but there's probably folks that are struggling financially that don't want to turn on their AC. Um, and so we need to figure out, like, do we need to open up more cooling stations, more cooling zones? Um, how, or do we need to plant more trees? Because I've read that if that if you live in an area where there's a lot of trees, it actually uh, decreases the temperature by by sometimes up to five degrees. Wow. Um, so we just need to start just looking at what can we do here to address extreme heat, which we're going to be dealing with in the future. Um, drought, um, how to address that, what can we do? Um, also flooding. Um, there, we, we're susceptible to flooding here, especially when it rains, um, because the, the soil is so dry that it's like unable to absorb it, can't absorb the water, so the water just starts to run off yeah. <laughs> and pile up because the, the soil can't take it. Um, and that's why we have sandbags, right, like mm -hmm. during the rainy season. Uh, and um, also another interesting thing is uh, I was looking at Arizona. Um, I think it's uh, Phoenix, Arizona. The, they're having – they're dealing with extreme heat there as well. Um, but it's gotten worse. It's gotten so bad that they now have a – they hired somebody. Uh, it's a um, heat authority person whose sole job now is to look at how to address uh, extreme heat um, conditions. And also I've learned that extreme heat is the number one um, extreme weather condition that kills the most people. Mm. Um, aside from hurricanes, tornadoes, flooding, um, wildfires, um, extreme heat is the number one cause of death from all of those, which yeah. is really interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Um, and, you know, air conditioning, one of the greatest inventions of, in humankind. But to your point, not everyone has that. And, 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 it, and it's expensive to power mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. you don't have solar, mm -hmm. right? I mean, because San Diego Gas and Electric has some of the highest electric rates in America. But to, I, the, the vision I had when you were talking earlier about the flooding is I remember it was like I don't know, six, seven years ago here in Poway, mm -hmm. we had like a a deluge of rain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know the creek that runs through Old Poway Park? Mm -hmm. And part of it is like a concrete yeah. box. Mm -hmm. And then part of it is like a legit creek where there's the, the bridges. I mean, that was like Over about there. to overflow yeah. um, because the water was just mm -hmm. rushing down the hill. And to your point, it wasn't being absorbed in the yeah, soil. Yeah, can't. Yeah. Yeah. I think the soil's like in shock. Like, what's going on? What is all this? I can't take it. <laughs> right. And they just, uh, you know, it's kind of like what you're saying when you had a thick skin growing up as a kid. You just like let it slide yeah, right off. It just, it, that's yeah. What it's, that's what it's doing. Um, yeah. So th this, this, is, this is an interesting topic. But the, the crazy angle to this that I find interesting is like regardless of what you think should be in the green, uh, the, the climate action plan, it is interesting that Poway is the only city in the county that doesn't have a climate action plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's your take on that? Um, we need to generate one. Yeah. And we have a lot of amazing examples, again, um, from other cities. And I know I keep bringing Escondido up, but right now there, uh, there was this uh, rating that was done recently, I think last year, 
Um, they looked at all the climate action plans in all of San Diego County, and Escondido was um, listed as number one, like the most effective. They had the most effective climate action plan um, when they did when they did the rankings, and they looked at several several things in um, the document, like mm. what makes why is it so uh, effective? What did they do that other towns are not doing? Um, and and it, it even surpassed San Diego City. Um, so, well, is there? Yeah. Can, can you share maybe one nugget from that Escondido plan that jumped out to you that thought, "Wow, that's a really good idea." Um, there is a lot. I read. I'm, I <laughs> I read okay. a lot of plans. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, they're they're looking at um, street calming. I I didn't know uh, traffic calming. I didn't know traffic calming was part of a climate action. Um, it's part of the climate action plan. Mm-hmm. Um, the city of San Diego has street calming in their climate action plan. Um, so right now, the city of San Diego is about to install 13 to 15 roundabouts. Um, and, they're, and they're called quick builds. And the reason why these roundabouts are called quick builds is because you could set these roundabouts in one to two weeks. One to two weeks, you have a roundabout. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, because of that, there, it's being funded by um, the Federal Transportation Agency. Um, the materials are, and the city, the city of San Diego only needs to um, put in the labor. Really? So it's really, it's just, you just pop it up. It's just like, boom, it's just like right there. Like, Roundabouts are, are crazy the first time you drive in one. Yeah. But they're very efficient, right? Because there's no stoplight, no stop mm-hmm. sign, traffic flows. Um, and then just off the top of your head, is there an intersection in Poway that you think a roundabout would make sense? Um, so I live off of a frame uh, um, between uh, south of Target yeah. <laughs> as a landmark and um, Poway Road. And I'm just thinking once all this traffic comes in from Power Road and then also there's talk about Meadow Brook being developed and um, um, Rimbach, I want to say, um, this other place in that area, um, Rimbach, also possibly um, developers are looking at that area. So I'm just thinking, how is Pomerado going to look like? And right now it's really scary to cross Pomerado. Um, we don't have that many crosswalks. Um, also, there's a lot of uh, apartments on the other side, on the west side of Pomerado, uh, and they don't have sufficient parking, so they end up par- parking um, in my neighborhood. So you see people like trying to cross Pomerado, like trying to get to their cars, and you see I think like a lot of them go to the Little League field, right? Uh, oh, and that too. Yeah, and um, there's just a lot going on there. Plus, um, the mm-hmm. school, Pomerado um, Elementary, Meadowbrook, you have a lot. Of, there's just a lot of folks going back and forth. And it's scary because sometimes I see um, older adults like trying to cross and I'm just like, oh, oh, that just it's just very scary. So I I'm thinking, you know, maybe a roundabout. I know that I'm going to get a lot of probably a lot of angry faces. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I'm just throwing out ideas that might not be the solution, but I'm just throwing out ideas. But that's it's an interesting idea because you're you're right. Like on on Pomerado. I mean, there's some people that, yeah. I mean, they, there's like a drag strip yeah. that street. Yeah. The, the, this has been discussed in, I've, off and on in Poway for a, some time ago about roundabouts. And the intersection I heard people mention was on Espola 
you know, where Del Poniente High Valley, uh-huh. um, kind of a going up the hill before you get to Poway High School. Okay. Um, there's a stoplight there, and people thought that would be a good roundabout. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good spot mm-hmm. for one. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, I think, yeah, Pomerado, I mean, the traffic there yeah, can be it, crazy. It could get hectic there sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then especially, yeah, with the schools nearby and the, yeah. you know, the 25 miles an hour when the kids are in school, and that's tricky. Uh, so that, you know, that would be a traffic calming measure, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it would kind of deter the mm-hmm. drag strip. Mm-hmm. Of, and um, at the same time, keep the traffic flowing. Correct. Right. So you're not it's, stuck at a light. You're, or, you're not. Yeah. It's continuous. It's mm-hmm. amazing, actually. I, yeah. There, once you, <laughs> you have to do them a few times and then yeah. you're good. <laughs> but the first couple, you're like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. It's like you're on a roller coaster, yeah. but it's cool. They're, they're, you're right. I mean, they're, they're, they've been studied. Yeah. They do great things. Um, I, I've got so mm-hmm. much more. Are you doing okay on yeah. time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is our audience doing all right? I think we've got a nice, solid live stream audience. Um, uh, let's, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the competitive landscape of your race. I mean, we don't need to name names, mm-hmm. um, but what do you think if you're looking at yourself? I mean, obviously there's the incumbent mayor. Um, I'll name a name, Steve Voss. And then there's three other challengers for your race. So, I mean, what do you think makes you different than the other candidates and makes you special um, that people should vote for you and not for them? Um, I'm running a grassroots campaign. <laughs> So it's just me, and um, I I don't have much, um, and so I am doing this for the greater good. I'm not doing this for myself. I'm not doing this because I'm looking at using this as an opportunity for other political aspirations or any other type of aspiration. Um, someone asked me, "Are, are you looking at uh, offices beyond public office beyond mayor?" And the answer to that is no. Um, I, I am truly invested and concerned about the way that the, the path that this town is going. And I'm also, um, concerned about not really getting a sense that there's a vision for our future for this town. And again, as mentioned earlier, um, I just kind of feel like we're going through an identity crisis and I think we just need to reset and figure out like, who are we now today at this point in time? And where do we want to go? Uh, I do know that what we do want to do is maintain our our charm and our our character. Um, But from there, where else are we heading? Um, What is our vision for our future? And I want to do that as a community. I don't want it just to be one person shouting out ideas. No, it's like this is this is for us as a whole, as a community. It's not about me. It's about us. Um, So I'm in it for the greater good of the community. Um, I'm in it because this is, again, where I plan on um, aging in place. Um, this is very important to me. Um, and and just after talking to everyone and hearing everyone's concerns, um, some of them conversations are confidential, but it just, it really, it, it uh, people, some folks got like emotional when mm-hmm. I was talking to them. Mm-hmm. And and it's like this 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 is bigger than me this everything like power running like it's bigger than me like i'm here to represent the town it's it's interesting too because it feels like 
a lot has changed in a short amount of time. You, know, you talk about the identity crisis for our city. Um, but there are people that for the longest time lived in Poway mm-hmm. and everything's like, oh, this is a great city. You know, this is a, a city in the country, a wonderful place to raise a family, lowest crime rate in the mm-hmm. county. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, this is all, mm-hmm. you know, milk and honey, right? You know, we live in Disneyland, right? Uh, but now suddenly there's a lot more angry people that are upset yeah. at the change. I mean, I was just – just today I was driving down Pomerado and I saw campaign signs that are kind of rogue, but they were putting up campaign signs that that said cancel Voss. And I was shocked by that. I mean it was like a, a, a direct attack on the mayor. Um, so it, it just seems like the situation – is is different. And that's what's interesting about your candidacy is you, you're jumping in for all the right reasons. You got in at the last minute. You don't have a political organization. But yet when I drive around the city of Poway, I'm seeing Delta Esparza for mm-hmm. mayor signs all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed too. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I I feel like um I I I feel like I'm in the same boat as the community. I'm concerned. And I'm just not happy in the direction that we're heading right now. And it just kind of feels like we're in this wagon and like there's nobody driving the wagon. It's just like the horses are just <laughs> we're just being taken we're just being like taken by these horses and I don't know where we're going. Um, and there's nobody at the driver's seat (laughs) and we're just all in this wagon. (laughs) Well, it's funny you use the horse and wagon analogy for the city and the country, uh, where a lot of folks have horses. Um, I want to just switch gears if you Uh don't mind, uh, on your website, you talk about parks and open space, Kind of take me down that path. Um, wh- why are those so important to you? Um, uh, open space is very, very important to me, like maintaining the open space, preserving the open space, um, especially uh, especially for, for folks that are dealing with a lot of stuff. You, you know, you got dual income um Households, you got you know the kids, you got just a lot of stuff going on. You got the the, the noise of the city, the the traffic, the, and I just feel like these spaces uh, create a place for people to like disconnect, to discharge, to to recharge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's really important to preserve these areas, um, not just for us, but also for the biodiversity, for for the um, animals that also live here with us. Um, I know some folks might not be a fan of the coyotes, but I mean, they live here with us as well. And the rabbits and just all the wildlife that we have here, the owls, the hawks, I mean, everything. Um, I feel like we should all like coexist here. And I think we can coexist. Um, so again, the open spaces, it's not just for us as a community, uh, for and the, 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 the kids, the children to enjoy those spaces, but also for all the other life that is here in Poway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it, this is an interesting topic because on one level, a lot of people really love Poway 
because it has so much open mm-hmm. space, because there are so many trails. I mean, someone yeah. did the math, like the most miles of trails of any city in America. Am I getting that right? I don't know if I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think on the website it has like 77, 78. Yeah. But yeah, but they're also counting like uh, the trails as um, they're counting uh, the trails off trails off of like Twin Peaks Road. <laughs> right. Which is like a sidewalk or I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, once they count all of that, it's like it's like in the 70s. Yeah. There's like some trails that are, you know, again, trails yeah. that are like a, a dirt, almost like an alleyway between uh-huh. properties. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and some of those are really cool. Yeah. Um, and some of them. You know, you're just kind of like looking at people's backyards. Yeah. But but anyways, uh, people still love the trails in Poway. Yeah. I get that. Um, but, you know, you're talking about uh, wildlife and, you know, coexistence, et cetera. What, give me your thoughts on what's going on with the farm in Poway. I mean, it used to be a golf course. Then it was abandoned and, and went fallow. Um, and now... It's a radical change, what's going on up there um, off of Espola and Martin Coit. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that project and what you like or maybe what you dislike. Um, it's not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, uh, I was invited to somebody's home that uh, backs up into that development uh, and I saw everything that's happening there, um, and it's not it. It's not what we thought it was going to be. A lot of us, um, the uh, the mounds of dirt um, where the houses are being plopped on. The, it looks like twenty twenty feet of raised soil, mm-hmm. um, and so. Now it kind of looks like terraces or something, like a terrace type of feel. Or yeah. It kind of feels like you're looking at a, a Egyptian pyramid with like a house on top. <laughs> I mean, that's how high it is. It's yeah. like so kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then just also, um, I was at the city council meeting with when that lady um, spoke about the uh, reduced setbacks, um, how how she thought that the homes were going to be uh, 40 feet away. Um, and now it turns out that they're 20, 27 feet away from the property line. Um, and just seeing those pictures that she showed, which I don't think they showed all the pictures that she showed um, on, on the video online. But we saw a lot of photographs at that meeting. And the loss of privacy is concerning. Um, this late, There's this one house, uh, their backyard, there's like, at least from one view, there's like three houses that could look into their backyard and they're all like elevated. So, and it's not just one window, it's pretty much the whole, like half of the house that looks into the yard and you got like three of them and who knows, you know, how many more homes on the other side Mm -hmm. can look into their backyard and they're so high up. It's just, it's just like, it's like kind of like looking into a fish tank. Um, when you're feeding the fish, you're like up above <laughs> on the fish tank, feeding right. the fish. I mean, that's what it, it feels like a fishbowl. Mm, okay, there you go. Um, and and that's that's like heartbreaking, especially if you have kids and a family and you want to do you know gatherings. It it, it just it feels kind of like like you're naked there, like just like for everybody to see. Like, 
Yeah. But, but isn't um, isn't the toothpaste out of the tube or the, the horses yeah. have left the barn? I mean, we can't really take it back. But what what can be done? Um, what can be done is going well. For that, for that area, um, there's still some more development that is left. They're still clearing out spaces. They're still mm-hmm. loving out. What what we need to do is that we need to have somebody out there and ensure that these folks are following the proposal, what was bid, what they bid to. Because what I'm hearing is that the city council approved proposal A, and then now what they're seeing is like variances of proposal A, and somebody is approving those variances. And like, why are those variances being approved? And why is the community not aware of all these variances that are taking place after the city approves a proposal with the developer? Um, we need to have somebody there on the ground looking at all this. When I went through my home remodel, the inspector was there, like on point, like checking everything, my electrical, my plumbing, um, checking all this stuff. Like they're doing their due diligence. Like why is it that this is not like happening here at these developments? So, so let's go back to that point. I guess, again, I may have the numbers wrong, but Mm -hmm. There was supposed to be a 40-foot buffer zone, yeah. and, and that was the plan originally. Mm-hmm. Now it's 27 mm-hmm. feet. Um, so the, so a variance must have been made because I'm sure the developer didn't. Mm-hmm. If the developer, it's too big of a risk to knowingly break that rule. Yeah, that's huge. It's yeah. huge <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to like tear the house down yeah. and start over. Um, so, uh, But you're right. Like who – makes those changes. Does the city council have to do that? Or is there like a bureaucrat in city hall that can just sign it off? Um, it, it seems like what what is happening is the latter, what you're saying, mm. that somebody else is signing off on this. Um, and then we're also seeing that with um, Fairfield too. Um, I remember when Polly Bull was there, there was a, a very defined slope. Um, that slope seems to be disappearing um, and that's the reason why the developer was able to do four-story buildings was because there was that slope. And because of that slope, when you're on Poway Road, you'd only be seeing maybe three stories instead of four stories. So they got a variance. But um, there's a lot of dirt on Fairfield. Uh, and they're still bringing in mounds and mounds of soil. And they're leveling it and leveling it. And, and I'm like, is this going to at some point just be flat? Because they're still leveling. Right, so um, it'll then, be a Poway Road level when they start. That's that's what it's starting to look like, and that wasn't our understanding. So what's going on there as well? And then I drove, um, I drove in the neighborhood that um, is behind uh, Fairfield, and the wall that is just coming up, that is just jutting up from the ground, it's really high. It's so high that I don't. I don't even know if that's even legal. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It looks like a 20 foot wall and there's still rebar, like still going up. I'm not sure at the end of the day, like how high is that wall going to be? And I feel like the reason why that wall is being constructed in that way is because they're leveling the dirt, I think from Mm. behind and they need, I don't know. So it's like a retaining wall. wall. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is this this a retaining wall? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because why is, why is the wall so high there? And it's not high. The wall 
I think um, behind uh, the walls between the homes and the um, oh the other complex, um, Poway Commons. Mm-hmm. It, that, they, those look pretty standard, six to eight feet. Mm-hmm. But this one is not standard. Uh, the one behind Fairfield. Yeah, so it's probably not like a backyard fence. It's not a backyard <laughs> fence whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's a it's probably a retaining wall. Um, because they're moving that dirt around. But thats I never really thought of that because, you're right, it was sold to us that the four-story building would look like three stories mm-hmm. from driving mm-hmm. on Poway Road. Mm-hmm. But if they make it all level at, at Poway Road level, then, yeah, then it's going to be four stories. And then the people that live on the back side of that, I mean, that's – that's, that's, that's a pretty radical yeah. change. Yeah. But you know, with another project where they they raised that level was the Amazon building up in the in the business park. Um, I mean, are you familiar with kind of like how that all went down? Um, I was I'm surprised, just like everyone else, where it's like, where, where did this building come from? And it just kind of appeared like overnight. Yeah. Um, again, I just feel that the city hasn't been doing a good job of conveying like all the developments that are taking place. Um, or future developments. Um, I was talking to this person that I met today, and he told me that in Escondido, they put huge signs up when there's a development that's going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Like, so people know. Like, you don't have to go to see, like, there's a big sign there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let you know what's what's going on, what's taking place, how many units, blah, 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 blah. Here's a contact if you, you know. Yeah. Another thing, too, is that when we have these developments, I don't want to just send out an email or a flyer or a mailer to folks that are within 500 yards. Like, no, like everyone should know what's happening because we're all impacted. There is a domino effect. Um, yeah, I kind of went off a bit. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, no, no but this, it's okay for you to share your thoughts. And that's what this podcast is about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the topic of development is something that the people in Poway are, it's, it's the main issue really in this campaign, I think. Um, and it's the thing that most people, if they're upset about any one thing, that's the dominant issue. Um, I mean, crazy. Got a few more questions. You good? They're, yeah. They're, they're fr- um, yeah, we could be here for what? another few minutes. <laughs> okay. All right. Because my voice is, no, my, no. I should probably drink some water. <laughs> yeah. Just have a sip of water and, you know, this is all chill. So we're good. Um, so let's uh, take a look here. And oh, here's a good one. And this is from Chris Cruz. And she asks, what's your favorite place to hike in Poway? Oh, um, I have spent a lot of time at Mount Whitson. Um, and not the short route. Uh, there is a point in my life where I enjoyed doing 10-mile hikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would park my car uh, in the neighborhood um, uh, west of Espola. <laughs> Okay. And then I would walk Mm -hmm. (laughs) from there so I could get my 10 miles um, and hike up Mount Woodson from Lake Poway. That's a steep hike. Yeah. Um, I've done that once Mm -hmm. in that direction. And I've done the one on the backside, like when you go up to Ramona. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it's like a paved path to the top. Yes, the fire road. Yeah. And I've done that Mm -hmm. a, a number of times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a special part of Poway yeah. for sure. Yeah, and then another one is um, which I'm not sure if I'll do again. Um, I didn't know people told me you could literally walk to Ramona from Poway, and I was like, no, like what? How can you? They're like, yeah, you could you could walk to Ramona. So I figured out um, you could walk to Ramona from Blue Sky. 
mm-hmm. all the way up to the dam where Ramona is. And so, yeah, I did that once. It was a bit of a trek. Um, it's, yeah. So I did that. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah, you can walk. You literally can walk from Poway to Ramona. Um, yeah, that's cool. Just make sure you bring a lot of water yeah. <laughs> and don't do it on a hot day. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit it's, taxing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, don't make sure you don't have any helicopters yeah. <laughs> that rescue you because uh, we wouldn't want to do that. But here, here's a few more comments that I think are pretty good. So um, this is from Mariana Benedict Basilla. There are flood level markers at the community center park. I'm guessing that many people don't realize this mm-hmm. and, and um, don't realize that this is what those pole, uh, poles are by the back of the creek. Okay. They extend six to eight feet above the ground. There must be a legitimate reason why our city put those in. It needs to become okay to have a community discussion about the very real impacts of climate change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I know what she's talking about because today when I was standing on the corner of uh, Twin Peaks and Pomerado, I also saw, I never paid too much attention to it, but there is a marker, what looks like to be a marker. It's yellow mm-hmm. and it's pretty high. Um, and I'm just like, this is kind of odd. It's just there, but there is a creek there. So now I'm thinking, <laughs> is that also a marker on that corner that we just weren't aware of? But that is something definitely to look into. I wasn't, thank you, Mariana, for letting me know. I'm going to go walk over there and check that out for sure. Um, here's a, another a good question here. And, then, and, and, and this is from Pete Neald. Let me see if I get this organized. But before I want to just want to tee this up and, um, you know, on your website, you have a nice video. It talks about the reasons you're running mm-hmm. and you're positioning yourself as a change candidate, right? Not a candidate for the status quo. Um, but right now, our city council frequently is unanimous vote five zero. Um, in some cases for status quo, in some cases for significant change, right? Like what, like the Poway Road development is an example. So Pete Neal has a question here. Um, and he says, I won't cover the background of the current five votes, mayor and the four district council persons. But if you are elected mayor, one vote changes, one of those five. So could you go through how you will work with the existing two and the possibility of two new ones. So let's just say you're the you are elected. You're the change candidate. We have well, there'll be two incumbents, and let's just say for the sake of discussion that in the other two council races, the status quo candidate is elected, and you're the only one of five mm-hmm. that's changed. Mm-hmm. How would you handle that? What would you do? Um. So I have been. In numerous situations like that, especially at work, mm-hmm. <laughs> where I have to convince people that I have a good idea <laughs> and maybe my idea is the right idea. Um, but it's a lot of it is through conversation. So that's going to be my first uh, way to tackle the situation is we need to find some common ground. And that common ground is the greater good. And the greater good is the community. We're here at the end of the day for the community and to meet the needs of the community and address the community's concerns. Um, So that's how I will address that. Um, Another thing, too, is that by having the town halls, by being transparent, by being being vocal, um, hopefully we could galvanize the community um, to to talk to their representative. So that way we could see some change um, at city council through their representatives. So it's kind of, I guess, going around. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> and, think and ensuring that the community of these districts are engaged and and talking to their um, representatives. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense because um, as mayor, you have the bully pulpit, right? And so you can obviously, in many cases, take it to the people mm -hmm. and try to get their support, even if maybe you're one of five. Let's just say hypothetically, you're one of five that's pushing for a climate action plan and the other four don't want to do it. Um, as mayor, you, you have you have some uh, swag, you know, some swag or some cachet that they won't have. And you'll be able to take that to the people. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, here's one more comment. This is from Mariana Basila Benedict. A hundred years ago, the Pomerado Road area had a severe flood. Okay. Oh, Okay, so um, <laughs> you know, kind of going, way, going back in the wayback machine, yeah. um, but that makes sense, you know. I mean, that's the thing with the the rain in Cal Southern California, right? We have the dry mm -hmm. spells, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, the, you know, we get hammered with rain, yeah, yeah. like a monsoon, correct? At times, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of legitimate issues yeah. there. I mean, we, I, I want to thank you very much. I mean, for taking your time to sit here and chat, um, we've covered. A lot. Mm -hmm. and, and how long have we been going? An hour and 24 minutes. My goodness. Um, I want to ask you just just to, you know, in, in just as we kind of wrap all of this up, what have we not covered that's important to you? Is there a topic that you feel passionate about that we just really haven't talked much on? Um, yeah. Uh, well, yes. So one of the things that I have been looking into is, um, again, like how do we open up the lines of communication between the community and city council? Uh, I looked at what San Marcos is doing, what Carlsbad is doing, um, Escondido is doing, uh, and they have these uh, committees, boards, commissions that um, – create these spaces, these forums for people to participate and have a voice. So one of the things that I was seeing is that in Poway, we only have three, three boards, committees. Mm -hmm. um, we have a traffic committee. Uh, we have the uh, budget review committee and, mm -hmm. a, and the trails uh, committee, parks and trails. Mm -hmm. um, I saw the minutes for the budget committee. Okay, there's like minutes. Um, and that that is community-based. It's um, appointed folks. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Um, the traffic committee, that's it. When I looked at who is involved with that, it's like city folks. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that's, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking more community-based. Um, so I think that's an area of improvement there is that for the – we need to have a traffic and mobility committee to address traffic congestion, parking, um, how to how to tackle that, how to bring in um, ideas on how to address that. Um, looking at traffic calming methods, um, looking at street connectivity, uh, street connectivity, so that way we could possibly remove some cars off the road and 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 move folks more to. Uh, trails to a more trails a better linked trail system um so and then yeah and then i covered then the parks and trails yeah and then there's that that group but i didn't really see any minutes from that group um i'm not sure what's going on there but what i want to do what i'm interested in and because i have spoken to several folks in the community is that i want to have a senior committee 
where senior citizens can congregate, talk, um, tell us like what needs they have, like what are they looking for, what kind of services they're looking for, um, open up those lines of communication. Um, I also want to have a youth committee as well, because um, sometimes when we talk, we have like more of a uh, adult focus centric mm-hmm. mindset. Um, and and there's other folks besides adults that live here, right? Like the community, <laughs> yeah. which we sometimes yeah. tend to forget. Some folks, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. all. But um, I want to bring them in and see, like, what can we do for you? What services can we provide for you? Um, San Marcos has that. And um, it's really cool. I looked at the minutes for the youth committee, and they're, like, busy, like, trying to think about events that they could do, how to socialize those events with with their peers in, in high school or middle school or um, how do they go about socializing that information? Um, what concerns do they have? And they have minutes, they have meetings. I mean, it's like amazing. And how amazing would it be to provide this forum for our youth to communicate with us and, and let us know what's going on? Um, and then also this would look really great on their um uh, college applications. And then also we have some engagement here now with with the city. We have some folks now engaging with the city and hopefully creating avenues and paths for for future leaders here in Poway or elsewhere. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just looking at at that. Um, There's also a climate action um, committee uh, that I think it was Carlsbad that had it. Um, And then just also a, a growth committee too. It's like and that's the community that thinks about, like, what is our vision? This one was Carlsbad. What is our vision for Carlsbad? Because they still want to maintain that small beach town feel, but they're understanding that they have to grow. And and so how do we tackle that? Like, what can we do to still keep that small town beach feel in Carlsbad? Mm-hmm. Um, well, sounds so just like, things like that. It sounds like um, the consistent theme here is uh, – is like you say engagement. Yes, engagement. Um, mm-hmm. Listening to the people, um, providing, you know, formal and informal ways that they can express themselves and enact change, mm-hmm. and do it in a less intimidating environment. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, you know, and you know, committees kind of sound a little bit bureaucratic and mm-hmm. you know, inside baseball sort of thing, but the. Uh, but like you talked about uh, town hall meetings mm-hmm. and open houses. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that would be good. I mean, just to kind of have a flow of conversation. Yeah. Because a lot of people in our city um, want to be heard, but for whatever reason feel they're not being listened mm-hmm. to. There's a lot of other people that are just so busy with their lives yeah. Yeah. that they never really think about expressing themselves. But yeah. if those opportunities exist, maybe mm-hmm. they jump on board. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I think our, hopefully our viewers got a, a chance to get to meet you and understand you and learn about your values. And, and that's the best part about this podcast. Yes. So what's next on the campaign trail? What do you, you and we're getting into the home stretch. Yeah. So um, uh, so I was able to take a month off from work to just focus on the campaign. And my company has been like very supportive. Um, but I go back to work tomorrow, which is going to be kind of bizarre because I haven't been at work for a month and now I have to like come up to speed because like all this stuff that I've been missing out on. Um, so I'm still going to be chugging, chugging along. Um, not as much as I have been, but, um, you're still going to see me out there. I'm still going to be doing the street, street campaigning on the corner. Um, I'm still going to be talking to people and, and just getting 
ensuring that folks, you know, get out and vote. So if someone wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to connect? Um, right now, you could email me at delta at deltaforpoway.com, or you could give me a call at area code 651-353-5129. And what? that area code is from Minnesota. That's where I was living at before. <laughs> um, just repeat that number real quick. Uh, 651-353-5129. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, again, very brave, very bold of you to put that out and, and to invite uh, people to get back to you. So good luck in the campaign. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, people have their ballots in their hands right now. They're making decisions. So hopefully this podcast is arriving at just the right time. Uh, but I wish you the best. Thank you so much. And thank you all for uh, joining us as well. Okay. Thanks again, friends. We'll uh, be back at you. By the way, um, we've got uh, a podcast uh, episode on Monday with Poway Unified School District candidate Patrick Batten. That'll be Monday at 7. Um, and then Tuesday, we are scheduled with Tony Russo at 7. But that's the same time as Game 1 of the National League Championship Series with the Padres. So we might reschedule that. And then on Wednesday, uh, Yuri Boland will be here, another candidate for mayor, and, he, and he'll be here on Wednesday. So um, look on my website, johnreillyproject.com, or go on my Facebook page where I think I have the, the, the announcement, the list in that. That's uh, at uh, John Riley Project on Facebook. But anyways, thanks again, friends. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor. Subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog, or get more information, please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.